Dharma Bites is brought to you by Free Buddhist Audio, the Dharma for real life. Our work is funded entirely by donations from our generous listeners. If you would like to help us keep this free, come and join us at freebuddhistaudio.com forward slash community. Thank you and happy listening. In preparing for this talk, I just try to think of three images or images of integration or say, that said something about integration. So I've got three images. The first two are not particularly traditional and the third one is very traditional. And I'll just explore them as a way to explore integration. And then I'll talk a little bit about mindfulness per se. So we just listen to these images and see what we think or feel about them. The first is the image of a stream that has become silted up. A lot of leaves and mud carried downstream has blocked the stream. So the water is stagnant and really just barely moving. It's listless, it's cloudy. In parts, it just swirls in slow circles. The second image is of an iceberg where just the tip, the very tip, is visible. And the great mass of it, almost all of it, is submerged, invisible, under what looks to be very cold water. And the third image is a vast, boundless ocean with waves constantly churning the surface. Okay, so we'll just go into each image one by one. So first, the image of the stream that's stagnant or very slow-moving, cloudy. In parts, it flows in circles, just circling back on itself. So this image came to mind as an image of a lack of integration. And so it kind of points out maybe what integration is or how we might experience it. So one aspect of integration is just energy moving, energy moving, a sort of freedom, sense of freedom, possibility, unobstruction. And the process of integration we can experience as that happening over time, that incrementally more and more energy in us is flowing, or we feel like a being in whom energy is more and more available and flowing. We feel more free in that sense. Energies that previously were not available because they were blocked or dissipated just become available to us. So thinking about this, the first question that came to mind is, well, why isn't our energy flowing then? Why don't we experience ourselves as this fully spontaneous expression, you know, totally fluid, responsive expression? And um, one of the main things I thought is that it's probably because we don't have something that's engaging us. There's not something significantly calling us out, calling that energy out to rouse us. And so I'm going to explore that for a little bit. When I was thinking about my own sort of history of integration, I was actually for remembered something I'd forgotten about, which was when I was in um, university... And I was really a systems person, because <laughs> I was trained as an electrical engineer, uh, which means I have the capacity to endure great amounts of torture. 
I'm still alive. <laughs> so it was an incredibly demanding, really, it was incredibly demanding intellectually, this course of study. And the first couple of years were okay because it had physics and really high-level math, which, um, which is actually very close to the Dharma, you know, in terms of its alternate views of reality. So that was all right. And then we got into the engineering part, which um, I had no interest in. And um, I remember actually, we had these little lab stations with all these plugs. And one day, this giant arc of electricity came out from the wall and let, you know, this like visible spark. And uh, my lab book caught on fire. <laughs> so it wasn't really a very promising start for me. I mean, I, I think I was determined to finish just to sort of prove to myself that I could meet the challenge. I think also there were very few women. I think on, out of a class of over 100 people, five women were in it. And we were all immigrants. This is really interesting. All overachieving immigrant kids, you know, to prove it, that we could do it. But at the time, I felt an incredible split because it was so intellectually demanding. I just felt really... Um, well, and also, it wasn't, I knew I didn't want to do it as my vocation. So I was putting, you know, until 6 a.m. studying this topic that was really difficult. And it, I wasn't, clearly wasn't going to do anything with it. And it definitely had the effect of making me feel like my emotional side was just um, disturbingly undeveloped in comparison to, to this intellectual side. I used to talk to my friends. All my friends were uh, humanities majors who were having a great time relaxing. <laughs> and I used to say, you know, God, I feel, I feel like this split, you know, the reason and the emotion, they're just not connected. And um, what's interesting to me is at some point that stopped being the case, but I never really had to address it directly. Um, I mean, I suppose I could have tried various forms of therapy or something to address that, but... Um, Chinese people don't do therapy. <laughs> the secret, don't tell anyone. And um, it just actually it turned out to be completely unnecessary because what happened was I got really into the Dharma. So what happened was I just woke up. I just, uh, I had so much shraddha, so much faith and um, feeling for the Dharma that it just... It, it completely rectified the situation without ever having to address it directly. We hope you enjoyed the talk. Please come and help us keep this free at freebuddhistaudio.com forward slash community. And thank you.